Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Writer's Advice Podcast. I am so glad that you are here. Now, I have another really incredible author that you um, that I have to share with you and another really beautiful chat that I know that you guys are going to absolutely love. Um, a little update, if you have been loving these episodes, please leave a review or share this episode with a friend. Um, there is so much goodness in this one. Also, book two of the Shadow and Shifter series is officially out. So Starseed book one is out there in the world. And now book two, Quintessence, is out there as well. So I am just going to give you a little bit um, of an about on this. So this is kind of like a little bit where the hell is she coming from? I definitely recommend that you look up um, Starseed. But this is book two of my Young Adult Paranormal series. So Maya and Kaya are only just learning how to navigate the dark shadows that linger around the earth. As Maya and Kay move through grief to prepare for their final exams, fate has other plans and the dark shadows thicken at a rapid pace. The cause? Two twin girls new to Stanton High. Shifters from the centre of the earth, willing to do anything to take down a starseed and use their soul power on any human that gets in their way. Battle is imminent and Maya and Kay are greatly outnumbered. Confident to win with love by their side, they're ready to do anything to protect the earth and its people, even if that means fighting to their soul's death. I love this book, guys, and honestly, go check out the cover. It is absolutely gorgeous and I know you are going to love it. And if you love all things paranormal, then you are going to absolutely love this episode as well and this week's guest. So enjoy, guys. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. I am very excited because on this episode, I am joined by Jenny Hickman. Now, you have, I want to call you, I, I want to actually see what you call yourself. So do, <laughs> do you think like fantasy romance? Because even with like fairy tale retellings as well, I still would still kind of put it under that like fantasy romance genre, yeah? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I would say. I have fantasy, romance, romanticity, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So you have the Pan trilogy, which is a young adult fairy tale fairy tale retelling of Peter Pan, which is absolutely divine. And then you have so many other books that go into the world. So the myths myths of Aaron. Am I saying Aaron right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which are new ones coming out soon too, which I'm very excited to dive into and learn and learn <laughs> all about that. But I want to go all the way back to the start and find out how this all started for you. Like when was the moment that you first realized in life, you're like, okay, I think, I think I'm a writer. I think this, this is, this is where things are heading for me. Um, I'm actually pretty old. I think like a lot of people are like, oh, I was, you know, three and I fell <laughs> in love with books. And I'm like, 
well, that didn't happen for me. <laughs> um, I, you know, through high school and stuff, I didn't like reading. I, I wasn't reading the right stuff either. Like I didn't find the right books. Uh, so I found boys instead <laughs> and soccer. Yeah. I played lots of soccer. And then when I went to college is when I really kind of started liking books. It was because I went every year. My family goes on a beach vacation in North Carolina. And while we were there laying out on the beach, I was bored out of my mind. And my mom had a paperback romance. And I was like, ah, whatever. If I'm laying here, I might as well do something. So I picked it up and I loved it. I just, I love that there was a happily ever after. I love the story of people falling in love and meeting. And I just loved every aspect of it. So then I started devouring these books, which was really handy because my grandma read them, my mom read them, and they had this like, I went into my grandma's house and I opened up her closet and she had like the hard covers of all these like Nora Roberts books and they were just everywhere. And I was like, this is amazing. And then I started going to my library and I was just devouring them. So I fell in love with reading of romance first. And then I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. And so I tried and I didn't tell anybody that I was trying. It was a big secret. So I'd be laying on my couch, like, I think I was probably 22, 20, no, yeah, probably about 20, 21, 22. And I was like laying, like scribbling, like in my notebook. And my mom was worried about me. She's like, what is Jenny doing on the couch <laughs> hours a day? <laughs> uh, so that was what I was doing. And I think she's probably the only person who wrote my first book. And I was so proud of it. And it was awful. It was contemporary. It was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> But in my head, I was like, this is the best book ever written. This is amazing. Uh, and it wasn't. <laughs> and that will never see the light of day. Uh, but I will say that the male lead was Deacon Ashford. And that is the name I took for the Pan Trilogy. So the only thing that survived that book is the name of the male lead. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote a uh, time travel kind of one, which wasn't too bad, but it needed more editing uh, that I'm actually hoping to rework and go new adult with it. And then the pan kind of happened. Uh, but then I got married, I had kids and it just stopped. I, like my brain stopped working. And I think it was maybe three or four years before I got back to the pan. And yeah. And then that brings us kind of to... <laughs> that point yeah and I don't know if that answered your question absolutely I love this story so much and I love just the idea of you like finding this world that's like (laughs) being in your house locked in a cupboard forever and you're like oh my god this is like it's something that's like it's gonna mean so much to you like it's amazing I love that so much and I also (laughs) like the I, I I think it's really particularly with writing I think it's it's a really interesting thing is that although even some people might have an inkling when they're young, you know, it's not until the later years, I feel like, you know, you have to go through so much life and live so much life before you can actually fully express the things that you have to put into a book. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's more authentic then because you're like, I've lived this. I've lived through heartbreak. I've lived through all these things. So I have a little bit more 
I can put into the book besides just the, the basics. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can you can definitely add some dip as it goes on, which is amazing. So, <laughs> and I, I love the idea of like handwriting handwriting the first book. I love hearing everyone's first horrible novel because everyone has one, and, and it is that moment of like, wow, I'm amazing. But at the same time, you know, you know, you know, it's terrible. Do you still have that? Do you still hold it? Like, do you still have that original? I love that it was handwritten. Uh, I I think I actually do. I have no books in the corner that I'm actually afraid to open <laughs> uh, because I, I hand wrote everything I didn't type directly at all like, I even pan most of it was handwritten because then whenever I transferred it that was like an editing you know like I was cutting and yeah. chopping and I can kind of like scribble notes and stuff really quickly but I thankfully have gotten rid of that step which means I can write a bit quicker <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I I totally agree with that though so I'm really interested of how pan happened, but then, you know, there's this break in between of like life and marriage and, and kids. So what, like, firstly, how did the original idea come to you? You're like, yeah, I want to retell this story. And then secondly, what was that moment when you were like, okay, it's because obviously, you know, kids and family you take up that, that season in your life. When was the moment where you're like, okay, I want to, I want to come back to this now. Um. I would say, so I've always loved Peter Pan. I remember watching that movie. Like we grew up without Netflix and all that, all that stuff where you get to choose. So we would get a Disney movie every Christmas. And that was one, I'd say it was worn out, the VHS. I just, I just watched it all the time. And when we played, I had two sisters. And when we played, I was never Wendy. I was always Peter Pan. I was like, no, I'm the one who can fly. Like I am this. So I remember jumping off this fort my dad built us in our backyard pretending I could fly. Biggest dork ever. <laughs> but I just remember loving that story and just well so and then I whenever I was older I read the actual, you know, Jay and Barry version of Peter Pan. It's way darker. Uh and yeah, but I love the Disney version and I thought I just in my head I was like, what would happen if this was real? Or like how can this be real? if it really happens, then I got into the whole like genetics and all this stuff about it. Like, how can I make this really happen in real life? So that was the whole concept of it. Because I know people have done obviously different, many retelling, many, many retellings. that kind of retell the same story or whatever, but I wanted to be like, all right, this is our world. This is real, mm -hmm. but it's secret. So yeah, uh, that was how that one came about. <laughs> That's amazing. And then uh, as far as, so I, wrote kind of the first part of it and then I you know had kids and all that stuff but it was like my brain stopped working so it wasn't so much a choice uh I think it was just exhaustion and my first my son had colic and it, we just I don't think we slept for the first year mm. <laughs> and uh so I think it was just necessity like I just couldn't write there was nothing yeah. there I was empty and I actually thought I would never write again I was like this is it like that you know these few that I've written before there that's the end of it and then my son started preschool and my daughter was like raised herself, basically. <laughs> the difference between men and women there. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so she was just a really good baby and she was really easy. And with my son in play school, like nobody tells you when you have kids that like when you have one, everybody will babysit. But when you have two, your babysitters go down like, like no one wants to babysit because <laughs> there's two of them. So uh, my in-laws, you know, were taking my daughter and then my son was going to play school. So that gave me time to sleep, to, 
to to think and start kind of diving back into it. And I was like, I might see if this is salvageable. And I'd like to think it was. <laughs> oh my God, absolutely. I love that so much. So just having that moment of like, yes, like now now it's time time to come back to this and and make this a thing. And yeah, so how how did it go from that to publishing to so many more books? And yeah, what was that what was the next process of the writing journey for you? Um so I decided that I wanted to I had self-published three books at that point and I had decided that I wanted to try for querying and all that stuff uh the the trenches I was going to jump straight in and I also did a Twitter pitch contest oh um, yeah and so I you know put up my little blurb or whatever and then I got contacted by a few small um small publishers and one of them seemed super interested and I was interested in what they were doing and I was looking at their backlist and everything. And I said, all right, yeah, let's go with this. Like, let's, you know, start here. And then maybe the next one will be the one that, you know, goes bigger or whatever. Um, but I actually had a terrible experience. So they, um, this was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was 2020 and it was uh, just a terrible <laughs> year for, for me. But I, I remember it was two weeks before my, maybe two or three weeks before my release. It was supposed to be in the summer of 2020. Uh, my dad had just passed away, literally July. And I, on my way home, I got a call saying, I was getting ready to sign for the second book, The Hook, and saying, Don't, if I were you, I wouldn't do it. And I was like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> um, from one of the other authors who was, who was with them. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Uh -huh. And then I got started getting emails saying, like, they said that they were going to be closing their doors, but they were going to go ahead and put out the books that they already had because they'd already invested in editors and covers and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, all right, well, how does that work if you close your doors if then, you know, there's no royalty, there's nothing from it. So, oh, yeah. Then, yeah. So there was nothing. So I, so then a lot of people were buying back their rights. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 I, I have, I'm going to keep on going through. You've done all this work. Let's go through. And then in the end, like, maybe two or three days before my release, she's like, actually, no, I'm, we're not doing anything. So I'm just going to give you back your rights. And, but all of the print, either the first print run had already been printed. So they went ahead and sent those out to readers. And so they got a version, number one, that I had, I had requested additional edits, which in my contract I could have done. And she was like, no, no, no we're not going to do that. Now I know why. So they went bankrupt. I saw nothing from the first print run and it was, I think there's even still a few out like on, on Amazon somewhere. I was going to go, you know, the legal route and try to figure out what I can do from this. Like, and my lawyer was basically like, it's probably not that much anyway. You're going to be spend more on legal fees to do it. So it was just really a, a bummer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So after that terrible experience, uh, oh a lot of, the, I know a, a few of the authors who had been with them who had gotten messed over or whatever, or who didn't have their books out yet, uh, started Midnight Tide Publishing, which is basically an author co-op. A lot of people don't know what that is. So we we cross-promote each other's books. If in the back of your book, you have at least one Midnight Tide title that is similar to your own in uh, genre, voice, and um, spice level. <laughs> uh, so it, that's that's it. Like We have affiliate editors. We, we do our own covers. We retain our rights but we have a platform between us that we can, we can share and help each other through the process and, 
and cry over our bad reviews. And, you know, it's that, that community that I hadn't had of, oh, okay, now, now I know what kind of editing I need. Whereas before I was like, oh, I just give it to my editor and it's done. It's like, no, there's, there's different types of editing. I didn't know that. I was like, I'm going to put this book out now. And I'm like, no, Jenny, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Copy editing is not the same as proofreading. (laughs) I did not know that. So I apologize. (laughs) Oh my Uh, gosh. What a story. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it ended up being amazing. So, I mean, you know, we, I put out, so I had the second book, The Hook Written, and I had the third one kind of semi-plotted. I, I only semi-plot everything. And then I, yeah, so I got to choose my date for release and it was already done. I got new, new covers that I was happy with. And then that, that all kind of blew up from there. Oh my gosh, this story. I, well, firstly, I love because I, there's so much I want to dive into with that. Obviously, that's a horrible experience, but I yeah. love what, I absolutely love what came out of it as well because yeah. at the same time, one, you get to own your own rights, so it's it's yours that you get to keep, but two, with that, what was it called, sorry, Midnight? Midnight Tide Publishing. Yeah, so doing that with you, like, as a group makes it, yeah. you know you're not all you're not alone in it either like and yeah. it's also you're all lifting each other up you've all created this amazing community so that's like the absolute best of both worlds to come out of something with I mean from your experience I don't know like how would you go like it what's your opinion on self-publishing now or, or passing on some information or maybe some advice to others who are going down that room I I would say <laughs> For me, per, I, I love I just, I just the control. And I think that's what everybody says. It's the control mm. and being able to retain those rights and to know I'm not going to get screwed over in that way. Like this is me doing it. I'm putting the work in. So then whenever the benefits come, I'm the one who's done it. So it's like, yeah. all right, I can celebrate by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're party for myself. <laughs> uh, no, but <laughs> with all my friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I... <laughs> But I think I think it's important to personally, I think everybody should do it at least once mm-hmm. because it's very eye opening, and I think you should manage your expectations as well, because unless you have an audience really built up, which I don't know how you would do that i I know some people go from readers you know from books to grammars or whatever, and then have their audience, and then they you know put out a book but it is very different trying to get followers and all this stuff to getting someone to actually purchase your book, take a chance on you and then do that. So I, I think it's, it's great practice. I personally think the ideal scenario would be to be some sort of a hybrid mm. because then you would have, it's the marketing that kind of, it, it's just exhausting. It's never yeah. ending. And I'm like, if I'm not out promoting my book, then nobody is, nobody's talking about it. Uh, so I think that would be the ideal scenario, but it's also, I think when I first started, I was, I, you know, I want to help everybody and it's all like, let's all do this together. But then it becomes a really a personalized journey of, you know, I'm putting in the work for this. Like, I don't want someone to be just hanging off my coattails if they're not going to, if they're not willing to put the work in too. Yeah. I think self publishing is a great way to be like, I'm putting in the work and to show agents or publishers, Hey, like my name's out there. I'm, I'm doing the work. Not, I wrote this book. You do it for me. Yeah. 
I don't know if that answers. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with everything everything that you said, and and it's it, it's like the whole marketing and building your own brand. Now it doesn't matter if you're traditionally published or you're self published. You you know you're expected to do it yourself either way. And I I definitely yeah. agree with you. I'm someone that wants control, and I, I like the idea of of treating it like a business, and not saying that every writer's like that. Like some other writers may love just want to like sit back and and let someone do with it once that once they've done it, but um. I love how you made the comment of everyone should do it once because of everything that you will learn through that. I haven't heard anyone say that on this podcast yet. And I'm like, that's so true because it's like really putting yourself into the process of everything that goes on um, in the world and also like learning what works in in your genre or and and that kind of stuff as well. So yeah, that's really, that's really great advice. I, I recommend it too. Yeah. And I think too, sometimes trad can look down on self-publishing or even self-published can be really um hating on trad and all this stuff I think it's important to like I think the world is going to come up together a whole lot more because I know a lot of trad or a lot of self-published authors who are signing with agents now because they yeah. have this but the way they're doing things is very different because they're like I am used to this control how can we make this work for both of us so that seems to be happening a, a lot right now and I think understanding it's just so, I don't know, it's just so important because then there's mutual respect because there are a lot of indies out there who are, I love seeing them hit those like major goals and these lists and I'm like, it's possible. Like that's, I'm cheering them on because I'm like, look at us, like we are, you're doing this. Yeah. So I think it's important from that perspective because if you've done it, then you can't look down on somebody else who's done it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's an incredible community. And I think that's the thing. I think that's the reason it is such an incredible community because people know how hard it really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it's amazing that people are making their lists and they have worked. We, you know, it was at not, like none of that's by chance. Like, no, exactly. They yeah. put in the work and you just, you cheer. It's like, okay, now it's paying off. And it just shows you. I know it's hard not to compare yourself or your career. I think I do pretty well not doing it because I'm like, that's their path. It's different. They probably haven't had, you know, publisher go under. They haven't had these things happen, but I'm like, it's possible. That's all it proves to me is this is possible. All right. Maybe with the next one, or maybe some backlist book will hit a big book talker and then all of a sudden it'll be everywhere. So like, you just never know when, and that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. And with all this and we, and with, um, you, you know, it's, even though you're in a little bit of a hybrid situation at, how do you manage life now? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you've got kids, you're writing, you've got new books coming out, and obviously everything that goes more than just writing for the new book. Like, how do you, how's your general? I mean, when I say schedule, I know that every single day probably does, does differ, but do you try and give yourself time of like, okay, this is where I'm going to dive into the marketing side or this is what I'm going to get into my creative brain. Like, how does it work for you? Um, so I, number one, I have a great husband who is very <laughs> supportive. So he, whenever he can, takes off a lot of the kids' stuff. Like he's the one collecting the kids from school because my daughter is picked up at 140 and my son is picked up at 250 or something like that anyway. <laughs> so I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> I I have an alarm. I just don't have it in my head. You don't need to pick them up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so it's fine. It's fine. I don't forget them, so it's fine. Not come uh, So I, 
Yeah. So I know myself, I am best in the morning. I don't wake up early generally to write because then I'm tired. Mm-hmm. So I wake up with the kids, I get them ready for school. I do the breakfast, I do the lunches, get them off to school. I bring them to school. And then I've been trying to do a walk kind of to just get myself up. Uh, but that's only in the last few days because it's been sunny here. <laughs> and then I write from usually around 9.30 until lunch. I have a quick lunch. If my husband's here, then we'll eat together. And then I try to finish at three. So I write until I can't write anymore. My goal is 2,000 words a day, which may seem low, but it's sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, depending on what happens during the day. That's my goal. And then for my when my brain starts to slack in the afternoon and I get distracted, that's usually when I try to market. Uh, because I'm five hours ahead of the East Coast of the US, mm. I try to post, you know, I look at posting around 10 a.m. there, which is about three. So I prepare my post and I do all my pushing and that kind of stuff in the afternoon. And then in the evenings, after the kids go to bed, because my husband, he's in a band, so he works lots of nights. So I usually I'm reading through what I have either written that day or I'm editing something usually at night or posting a second post or reel or video or TikTok, whatever they call them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I'm constantly kind of doing something, but I try to give from three until eight thirty nine o'clock kind of to the family. Yeah. And I do not post at all or do any marketing at all on Saturdays. I will write if I get the chance in the mornings if I'm kind of when the kids are laying around watching TV but yeah. uh that's yeah so that's what I try I try to be consistent with it so but that's a great schedule I love that like that's mm-hmm. a really that's a great one to hear and also it's like I think it's about the process of knowing how you work best like you obviously know when you work best what you need to like even how you said okay my brain pains it at this time and this is like that is that's that's how to get shit done <laughs> Yeah, well, I because I was trying to finish up a cursed love, and I was like, I push and push and push. And I was like, okay, I have to get you know four thousand words, or whatever. But then I'd hit that like just after lunch, and I'd be sitting here just staring at my computer. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Like this is not. I there's no point in me sitting here because it will take me an hour to write fifty words. So it is time to now get up and be done. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like that's the thing with a process like this when you're the only person to pushing it, essentially, like to, to get stuff done. There's no one on your back saying, you know what I mean? You, you've got to push it yourself, which is exactly what you spoke about before, and it's that managing your expectations. So it's like, okay, 2,000 words a day, but, you know, some days it is 4,000, but, you know, it's just managing those expectations on a low day and things like that, which I absolutely love and being kind to yourself. But I want to dive into A Cursed Love. And I want to, can you give us a little bit of um, a synopsis about the series and what people can expect from A Cursed Love? Um, Yeah, dive into it for us. Okay, so the series is basically um, Irish mythology, fantasy romance, smushed together with lots of tropes. Because I love tropes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just love when you get to that point in the book where you know, like, he's going to take care of her. Sick, and it's like, yes! Or, like, they get to that end and you know there's not going to be two beds. It's like, ah! <laughs> I That's just love it. Think so. about romance. Like, that is literally the best. I agree. Right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, so that is basically what it is. I live in Ireland. Uh, I don't know how you could be here and not be inspired by something. And so I went with the legend 
husband of the Gankana, which is basically this like perfect guy who's fey and if you look at him too long like you're gonna fall under his spell and he looks different to everybody but he basically is like your dream guy but then if you kiss him you actually go crazy and you die <laughs> that's the it. that's the that is the the, the myth essentially yeah yep. so i i put my own twist on it obviously but and it ends up being so the the first book is a cursed kiss and then the second book is a cursed heart and i have companion novels from the male perspective as well because so many people were like we need more we need to know what they're thinking and i and i originally had a cursed kiss written in dual for point of view but i decided it gave away too much so i like some i, I love writing the male point of view but i do think sometimes even though you know in a romance they're going to end up together I think sometimes it is nice that little mystery because otherwise you're like ah you, you kind of I think you look down on the female character almost like can you not tell he likes you when he's like in his head he's like I like her <laughs> so I think it's kind of <laughs> you know it's like he likes you why don't we just love him already so I think uh yeah so I think this gave it a little bit something different and if people wanted more they had it if they didn't they didn't have to read it uh so the the, the so it's a curse kiss and the companion is prince of seduction the and a cursed heart and the companion is prince of deception and then a cursed love is the final book in the main series you don't have to read the male point of view but you should because they're funny <laughs> <laughs> uh and it's a cursed love it's from all four points of view and yeah so it's basically what happens next these were originally oh. supposed to be completely standalone and that's it but so many people were like like it, so, I, I think with the first book in a series, they're, they're you're learning about how they fall in love and how they get together, and then it ends when they get together, and you're like, well, okay. But then, in the second book, you know, it's about them, their actual relationship and being together, and then how they're fighting the problems together without each other, with each other, and all that stuff. And then I think sometimes in trilogies, you're just breaking them up to kind of for the fun of it. <laughs> depending on how the trilogy goes yeah. so that's why this is ending here so it's like all right now we're together let's let's throw in some more problems and see how you deal with it together so, yes that is what I do I throw in lots of problems <laughs> and I see how they get on <laughs> I love how these four points of view is from that too I, I love books with heaps of like just getting different angles of, of what's going on particularly in romance I think that's really great that's exciting yeah yeah. yeah. I, yeah. So there was a lot, there were a lot of points in like a cursed kiss where, so it's forced proximity. So they're on this journey together. But he goes off and does all these things that you think you know what he's doing, but you don't. So then whenever it comes to his point of view, it's like, oh, that's why this happened. And I, I love twisting what people thought what had happened mm. and making it not at all what was really happening sometimes it was <laughs> most of the time it wasn't <laughs> oh, I love that no. so much that's like a fun game how does your planning go do you kind of know where it's all like how you said you thought it was going to be a standalone and then it turned into all these books did you so you wrote the full book completely and didn't know that you were gonna take it on the journey it did yet or um, so the first book is about one couple and the second, so Cursed Heart is a different couple. So okay. that was the original plan. And then the third book was supposed to be another couple. And then again, I, it was just like, they all got together and I was like, okay, well, I kind of left, you know, a Cursed Heart a little bit open of, okay, well, people are going to definitely wonder what's 
you know, yeah. what's next here? So that is then why a cursed love happened. So I don't, I know what's the, I know how the beginning is in a book. Like I know what the beginning is, but I don't know. And I know the end, but the middle was always a surprise to me. I try to plot as much as I can, but then it just usually takes off some way or another and I just go with it. So I try. <laughs> I think that's, I love hearing stories like that because it's like, it, it's like the story's taken it off in, on a mind of its own. And, so, and I'm like, that's what, that means it's going in the right direction, I feel. I don't know why I feel that, but I do. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, people people say, like, people who don't write, don't maybe don't understand. Like, I don't, like, I'm like, no, the characters really, like, it's like these voices in your head. They're like, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. And you're like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. So you just have to, if you, if I think if you fight them, it just makes it take longer because you're going to end up there anyway. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you're just taking them on their own journey and that's it. And that's how you get to spend each day. It's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love this. So A Cursed Love is out in November. Is that correct? Yes, awesome. the 15th of November. Excellent. So if people haven't read this series and now they're listening into this and everything that you've just learned about it, they need to like jump on it straight now and just like binge read it to, to, to get ready for November, which is exactly. amazing. And the covers are beautiful. Like they are divine. Yeah, yeah. my cover designer is amazing. I, I think, I, I honestly didn't even, like, I kind of told her my idea. And I've worked with other co- cover designers before. And like, we had 15 different options. And we had to kind of you know mix them. To, like, I didn't have to change anything. I was like, Oh, can you just move my name down a little bit? Can you just put a little space here? That was it. And then that was like, I didn't have to change anything on any of them. That's amazing. So, it, yeah, she's so good. She's yeah. so brilliant. And I'm like, just make my just just illustrate my life like just make make it beautiful <laughs> that's another hard that's actually when you're when you're talking about going back to just self-publishing you have to find the right people that fit you as well like she yeah. like she, your cover designs obviously just like got your brief or even if you're like it's also that's another hard thing of like if you're a writer you don't always see the things a hundred percent of you get the vibe, but you don't know a hundred percent how you want it to, to, to be. And if you find someone who really yeah. gets it, it's amazing. So I love that. Yeah. Book them in advance then because they will get booked up quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think like the covers, honestly, so I went to a Polycon this year and I had so many people who hadn't heard of me. I had my books kind of standing up and they stopped and you'd see them walk back and they're like, I'm sorry, these covers are so pretty. I need to know what they are. So like, that is the one thing I would say, do not skimp on your cover. Mm. I know a lot of people, unless you have a lot of graphic design experience, like designing your own, like say, like that is the one thing I would say, do not skimp on that because that is your billboard. Like people are going to see that and they're going to be like, I've seen these books. And then bookstagrammers are going to want to take pretty, uh, pictures of your pretty books. And that's what I keep saying. Even if you hate the story, you have a really pretty book on your shelf. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> Literally, everybody um, wins. <laughs> it is true that they're judgmental. And like I do it all the time. If you're if you're anywhere yeah. shopping for a book, you look. It's the cover, the first thing you see. You can't help it. Like it's yeah. it's exactly what you're looking at. So I 100 percent agree. 100 percent agree with you. It, it sells. Um, now you've given so much advice. Do you have anything else that because this is the writer's advice podcast? Do you have anything yeah. else that you want to um pass on to any um anyone that's in the trenches of a manuscript right now? Maybe it's their first or working on a couple, what would be um, the number one advice uh, that you would pass on to some writers? Um, I would say I have two advice. Two advices? 
Yeah. Two bits of advice, I guess I should say. (laughs) Two bits of advice. This is why you need an editor, folks. Uh, uh, Anyway, moving on. I would say, first, I've had so many people like come into my DMs and be like, oh, I want to write a book. And it's like, write the book. Don't talk about writing the book. Don't research writing the book. Don't like write it and then figure it out because. Getting, writing the first few chapters, that's great. That's amazing. Writing the really happy ending, that's fine. It's the saggy middle where it's like, Ugh, and then people don't, people just give up. And it's like, this might be the most amazing story ever, but you, you'll never know unless you finish it. So mm-hmm. that's my first bit of advice. Like you don't have to ask people their, their pro, like you're going to find what works for you and then go with that because there's no right way to do it. Then my second bit of advice is after you have written it, put it away, mm. give it some time to settle because when you go back, it's not going to be as fabulous as you thought it was. <laughs> uh, it's like some gremlin has gotten a hold of it and they've ripped it up and it looks awful. So, but again, you can't edit a blank page. You, you, you need to get through that awful first draft to be able to then polish it, and make it better. But I think if you kind of do it right away, you don't see it for what it is. You're still kind of snowblind to everything. So put it away for three, four weeks, start in something else, do something else, mm-hmm. and then go back to it. And then dive into the editing and find yourself an editor for your developmental edits. I think definitely get a developmental editor for the first book. Mm-hmm. That's the one you want to go with because they're going to help you with story structure, with your character's goals and their arcs and all that jazz. And then as you go and you learn what you're doing, then you can figure out, you know, maybe I don't need my developmental editor for this. I usually use them for the first book, especially because like I'm usually usually setting up a new magic system and I want to make sure it makes sense. Like I remember in the pan, she's like, you never actually described what it feels like to fly. And I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty important. And a Peter Pan, like I didn't even know it because in my head, I was like, oh, okay, I already know this. She's like, it's actually not in here. She's like, oh, okay. So she, you know, they, they help you with that. I, for the second book, I don't, but then the third book is like, you have to wrap up all of it in a pretty bow. So then I do. So that would be my many advices. hundred <laughs> percent. And I, I love everything that you, I've loved everything that you've said and, and shared on this episode, but a hundred percent with that. And it's so true. It's like, I think that's what stumps people up is the overthinking. I mean, I know some people are, you're either one or all, you're just like all in, or there'll be like a, overthinking too much and you know trying trying to draft everything out when you it's like even the best editors in the world the first one's not great you have to I mean sorry writers in the world the first one's not great you know and everyone gets it you can't you need someone else to edit to understand when you were so right when you're writing it in your own head you don't even realize because you know what's going on but you haven't even put those things in there you know what I mean so yeah I absolutely love that so much awesome Thank you for everything that you've shared today. Now, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, I mean, all your books are everywhere. <laughs> Is that right? It's pretty much everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the, well, the digital copies are all in, in Kindle Unlimited. Uh, oh, they are awesome. But, yep. Yeah. But the, the Pan Trilogy is actually going out of Kindle Unlimited in June and going to go, or at the end of the month. So, they're going to go wide. So, oh, nice. yeah, it'll be everywhere then again. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome. Perfect. And if anyone wants to get in contact with you, where's the best place to find you? 
probably lurking around on Instagram. It's uh, <laughs> at author Jenny Hickman is my username kind of basically everywhere. So perfect. Awesome. I'll put all those details in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jenny. Thank you.